It's 2007 and our marriage is in serious trouble. We've been married for six years by this point and those years have been rocky. But in 2007 it felt different. You see, in the previous six years, we'd had the energy and the inclination to solve our problems. We had an understanding of what those problems might be. But in 2007, it started to feel different. It felt like we were going around in circles. It felt like we didn't really understand what was wrong. That was compounded by the fact that our life was pretty good on the outside. We had a beautiful home. We had beautiful, healthy children. We had material wealth. We had family, friends, community, purpose. But still, we couldn't make our marriage work. And we were feeling, for the first time, hopeless. And to feel hopeless in your relationship is a pretty bad place to be. So at the time, I thought, what is it that I can do to solve this? And so I did what I normally do. Episode one, Grand Gestures. I remember it was a beautiful spring day. The sun was shining. My car was parked outside. I'd recently bought it. It was a Chrysler 300C bought straight from the dealership. It was beautiful. It was black, leather interior. And everyone used to get out of your way when you're on the motorway because they thought you were driving a Bentley. Clearly, it wasn't a Bentley, but people thought it was because they'd never seen anything like it. And if you haven't seen one of these cars, then Google Chrysler 300C. Anyway, on that morning, I had arranged for the two of us, myself and my wife, to go on a little trip, to go on a a journey, a vacation, because that's my modus operandi. When we have problems, I organize something so we go away and have fun. And I'm sure that's probably something you guys can relate to doesn't seem like a stupid idea. So being from London, you might have guessed from the accent, uh, that's where I decided we were going to go. There's something about London that when I get there, I just, I just know what to do. It's, it's in my blood. I've been away for, for a long time now, but as soon as I get there, I know what to do, where to go, how to get things done. And so it meant that I could spend less time being stressed out about those things and focus more on our relationship. So that makes sense. But I wanted it to be really special. I mean, super special. So I took great pride in organizing the details. It was actually a surprise trip. Not the fact that we were going away, but the fact that we were going to London and all of the things that would happen when we're there. So we packed up, uh, we managed to pray Fajr prayer. And for those of you unfamiliar with what Fajr prayer is, it's the early morning prayer, the dawn prayer. And to be honest, it was always something we, we struggled with. 
but we managed it and it felt good to begin the day like that it felt like felt like a good omen and so yeah we we packed up the car and we headed off we lived in the north then lived in manchester and it's about a three-hour drive and i just remember that trip being easy no trouble at all just gliding down the motorway no traffic on the m6 and uh the m1 i think we took not so important i know but still there was no traffic which is pretty amazing for any of you who have ever been on those motorways and we we headed straight into a place called notting hill which again i'm guessing a lot of you are familiar with because it's famous for the hugh grant movie it's kind of bohemian part of london lots of independent shops quite upper middle class aspirational kind of place and the reason we headed there is because our first stop was to a spa now again my wife didn't know that i'd arranged this but i'd had a contact who told me about this new spa that opened up and i think it's still going it's called hydro healing and if you google it i think you'll find it still there and they specialized in these water-based spa treatments and i thought this would this was very unique very special very thoughtful and so i made a booking without her knowing and so we glided into to notting hill and i parked up just outside and i said there you go and she looked at me and said well what i said go inside and you'll find out and she was kind of puzzled in kind of uh, a positive way and in she went and i said on our way out i said i'll see you in an hour and a half and and it was a great start it was a great start and she went in and i was left to my own devices at the time and i didn't have a smartphone to occupy me so i'm not exactly sure what i did what did we do before smartphones and we had spare time anyway so my mind was clearly ticking and i thought what would be nice for when she comes out and i thought to be greeted by some flowers so yeah why don't we do that so uh went somewhere i can't actually recall where and bought some roses and i put the roses on the passenger seat of the car so after an hour and a half um, she comes out looking suitably relaxed and happy and you know i greet her and you know how did it go she goes oh, i was really good i fell asleep halfway through i'm like what you fell asleep yeah she goes i was really relaxed i fell asleep now at this point i for some reason i was slightly annoyed i don't know why i was annoyed because the purpose was clearly for her for her to have a good time and she clearly did because she was so relaxed she fell asleep but for some reason i wanted her to have been awake and to have experienced everything to do with the spa i'm not sure why but that's what i wanted so maybe there's some conflict there between why i did it and why i should have done it but anyway um I, did, I, did, I didn't show any annoyance at that point 
although in those days I wasn't averse to to showing annoyance at the slightest thing and so we walk back to the car and I'm thinking okay here we go the next part of the plan and I open the passenger door and before she gets in she spots the flowers and she's like overcome like super happy like you'd expect somebody to be when they're given a surprise bunch of flowers so as you can tell this is going quite well the whole trip down's been good the actual first step in all of this has worked out and then you've got the whole flowers thing the flowers thing wasn't kind of pre-arranged you know in terms of that wasn't part of my overall overarching plan but it was a good part of it good innovation we get back in the car and now it's time to head over to our hotel now i've booked a very special hotel this hotel which is kind of one of these apartment hotels it's on the banks of the thames right opposite parliament i mean right opposite parliament it's a beautiful spot and again we we roll up to the entrance and she's just amazed by the fact that I've booked this place. I mean, again, she didn't have any idea. Um, and my car's driven away. The valet's taken care of it. And we book into the hotel and we've got a fantastic five-star room. I mean, the, the whole place is quality. Just lovely. Exactly what the doctor ordered. And after checking in, we head to our room. And we dump our stuff. And the first thing that we need to do is to pray because it's the afternoon prayer time so again it's an opportunity for us to connect spiritually when i say connect spiritually i mean for us to get washed up and to pray mechanically which unfortunately was probably closer to the truth back then although the actions were there i'm not sure the connection was there but anyway we did it um clearly it's been a long journey we want to kind of freshen up and grab some food and so again slightly sketchy on the details we we had a quick bite to eat and the reason it needed to be quick because of the next part of the plan and the next part of the plan was to go for a walk along the thames so you can see how this is this is going all of this is kind of premeditated and it is kind of cool I kind of get a kick out of the fact that you can plan something and it goes to plan. The problem, though, with somebody who likes to plan is that when something doesn't go to plan, then they get super annoyed. They, they're like irrationally annoyed. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good person to be around. But anyway, so that hasn't happened yet, by the way. We're, we're, we're still cool. So we go for a walk along the Thames and you know we're holding hands um yeah we're not one of those those couples who didn't although you know we're not massively touchy-feely um but holding hands is cool holding hands is cool and i know this route like the back of my hand I, i've done it throughout my my life really um so i know what's coming next and we go past uh lambeth bridge and we head towards the London Eye. And the reason we're heading towards the London Eye is because, yes, you've guessed it, I have booked us 
onto the London Eye. I haven't just booked us onto the London Eye. I've booked us onto the London Eye at sunset. Yes. I mean, that takes some serious level planning, right? To start off the journey in the north of England and then to plan the spa stop and then the check-in and then the food and then the prayers and then the walk and then to make sure we get to the London Eye just at the right time and it's all happening and it is just awesome and so that's the next bit of the surprise so I'm like we're going on this and we'd never we'd never have we been on it before actually we might have been on it before with the kids but not at that time and not without the kids so so yeah we go on the the London Eye at sunset and I've got to say for somebody who doesn't do touristy things that's pretty special and if you do get a chance and you if you are in London then that is the one to go on just check the times check the sunset times and book yourself on and yeah to see London like that yeah there's there's very there's very little to compare I know the shard now has gone up and and you can kind of get a little bit of that but uh anyway of course we had a great time it was hot it was super romantic I mean, it was just lovely. Those capsules normally have about 10, 15 people. But for some reason, ours didn't have that many. And so we literally had a capsule or a large part of it to ourselves in order to enjoy this. And it takes about 30 minutes for the whole thing to go around. Anyway, I'm sure you're aware of that. But the story doesn't stop here. Because clearly, at about that time, um, it's time to eat again. So, I'd organised a meal. Of course I have, because I'm trying to... What am I trying to do with this? I'm trying to let my wife know that this marriage is important and that these gestures are examples of the reason I think this marriage is important. Does that make sense? I'm not sure that makes sense. But anyway, let's carry on. So we get off the London Eye and we walk. And we carry on walking. And for those of you who know uh, the embankment, um, South Bank, it's a lovely stretch. You have performers there. You have the National Theatre there. You have lots of restaurants, you have people milling about. It is one of London's most popular kind of places to just chill and walk. And it was a beautiful night. Beautiful night, balmy. It was just the right temperature. There was, there was not a cloud, really. And we walked and we talked and we talked more and we smiled and we laughed. And all of the clouds that seemingly were there the day before, they kind of dispersed. And we were just there, present in each other's company. And when we, when we arrived in the next spot, it just felt like things were getting better. I mean, it just did feel like they were getting better. It didn't just feel like we were having a good time. It felt like we were reconnecting. So the place I booked for us to eat 
was the OXO Brasserie. Now, again, some of you may be aware of the OXO Tower. It's the former factory which used to make OXO stock cubes, you know, for cooking, um, and now has been converted into apartments and on the top floor, a restaurant. And this restaurant is it's something else. The food is awesome and the views from the terrace uh, look out over the Thames, over London, and directly opposite is the Millennium Bridge and St Paul's Cathedral. And we were sat there on the terrace eating whatever it was, monkfish and asparagus or whatever. Um, the bill was really high. I remember that. The bill was high. But again, I wasn't averse to spending money on this kind of stuff. And so we sat there and we and we talked and we, we, we felt slightly out of place, I'll be honest. You know, being a scarf-wearing Muslim woman and being a bearded Muslim man, you know, um, rightly or wrongly, we felt like, I suppose a lot of people who are from our background feel like when they're in these public spaces in that you feel slightly out of place, you know, that it's not where you're meant to be. I suppose that's what feeling out of place means. But anyway, I, I'm a great believer in putting yourself in situations which are uncomfortable, you know, and not having these mental barriers and trying to break through those. Um, and so that's that's what we did. And as usual, when you do that, you kind of just blend in. You know, most of the fear that you have is in your head, whereas other people don't really care. So we went and we sat and we ate and we talked and we laughed and we enjoyed the views. And I think we were there probably for two hours. But that two hours completely whizzed by, which is clearly a sign we were enjoying ourselves. Anyway, the evening was was drawing to a close. Um, I was all out of gestures. The whole plan had gone super well. It was exactly how I envisaged it. Everything was on time. Everything seemed to go smoothly. We were getting on. The clouds, as I say, had lifted. And we were once again connecting as a husband and a wife. Our energy was was returning. And so we, we made our way back to the hotel. It was kind of a nice, long, slow walk back. You know, the type when you're just not bothered about how long it takes. You're just happy in the moment. Which is actually quite a hard thing to do in life, to enjoy the moment itself. I think we spend a lot of our time deep in the past or future gazing. But actually just to acknowledge where we are and who we are and to enjoy those blessings, that's tough. But when it happens, it's, it's really good. And so that's, that's what we were doing, walking back along that south bank, enjoying the company of strangers and kind of anticipating, really. Well, I was anticipating. I thought, well... There's only really, 
you know, one way to, to end an evening like this. And so we made our way back to to our hotel on on the Thames. And we went in, we we walked through the lobby and we were in the, the lift and we went back to the room and it was probably about 11 p.m. Probably later, actually. And she turned and looked at me and I looked at her and we smiled. And then I went to the bathroom and got changed and so did she. And that was it. We turned out the lights and went to sleep. That was it. We just went to sleep. If you've just listened to that episode and you have no idea what's going on, welcome. This is the Divorced Muslim Dad podcast and I am the Divorced Muslim Dad in question. And on this podcast, you are going to hear stories from my time as a married Muslim man for 10 years who is a father and who subsequently divorced. That's it. Now, if you enjoyed that last episode and you want to hear more, then it probably would be a good idea to subscribe so that you are notified when the next episode goes live. And I would also appreciate it if you could leave a review in the App Store because then that means their algorithms will show this podcast to more people. And who doesn't want lots of people listening to them drone on about their failed marriage? See you next time. Assalamu alaikum.